Welcome, welcome, welcome to my testimony podcast. I am Takia, your host of this particular podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for finding me on your podcast platform. I'm excited that you stopped by to hear this one. And I'll also encourage you to listen to the other testimonies as well. I believe that they all will bless you. Today's testimony is to me about a demonstration of faith. I think it really is going to showcase what it means to follow God. Um, I, I was blessed when I heard this testimony. It challenged me. You know, when I think about it, um, there are things that we run into that God will require us to do that we may not fully understand why, you know, but will we trust him? Will we rely on God and will we allow the Lord to order our steps? And that is the scripture that I encourage you with is to allow the Lord to order your steps He knows the plans he has for you. He knows where he's leading you and trust and believe when I say the plan that God has for you in your life is much bigger than you. It is to impact the world. It is to impact his kingdom. It is to impact heaven. And I pray that you are blessed by today's testimony. Here we are. Thank you, Andrew, uh, for joining me today on the podcast. Welcome, and I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear your testimony as well. Um, and what I thought would be good, maybe if you just give a little brief background on what you do, and then we can go right into your testimony. Um, so I think, you know, one of the first things I have to mention is that I am a pastor, um, well, first, I'm a, I'm a husband. Like that's the very first ministry, uh, a husband and a father. But then, I uh, my wife and I do pastor a church, and we are also um, what you would describe as social entrepreneurs. So we do our own our own businesses. However, um, the part that makes it a social entrepreneur is that each one of our businesses always has a you know facet to it where we give back uh, to our community in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So pastor and social entrepreneur. That's cool. I like that title too for the social entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and get into your testimony. The floor is yours. Um, So I think, you know, I want to share, there's so many testimonies when you follow, when you're following Christ that I, in me following God, so many different things. And so um, the big testimony that I love to share to encourage people is how our family got on a plane and moved to Portland, Oregon from Tulsa, Oklahoma, just because God said go. And so we quit our jobs. Uh, we um, had nowhere to stay. We had um, no jobs promised to us on, you know, we just got on that plane. And within a couple of days, we were able to um to find a place to stay and, and everything has kind of worked out where we even found, you know, careers, uh, at some point, but we had to really be humble and let God do something new, uh, in us. So, uh, the testimony kind of starts with, I, when I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was actually in my first marriage and was, uh, married, uh, with, with three children and that marriage came to an end, unfortunately. And I found myself, uh, a single father trying to figure out how to make, you know, take care of, 
uh, three kids and um, my children's uh, my my children's mother moved back home to Kansas City. And so I was in Tulsa and I felt like kind of all alone with the children. And that's when I met my current wife and she really came in and, and helped me out in a lot of different ways. And um, there was ups and downs in that particular relationship. And so we finally got it together years after, you know, some off and ons and different things of that nature, got married and was living that life where you can just see God blessing and things are changing and turning and going. And um, I became an ordained pastor and she was uh, participating in the church we were attending. You know, she was doing praise and worship and we were teaching and my full-time vocational job was actually a pastor an outreach pastor at a homeless shelter. And I also volunteered as a police chaplain. And so we were very involved in our community and there were a lot of things going on that I found myself at the forefront, especially being a police chaplain and had been on the scene of a couple of, of murders uh, or, or killings where the police killed black, uh, some black people in our community. And so it was a very volatile time. And it was in that time that God said, now is the time for you to go. And um, people speculated and thought maybe we were going because of the pressure of what, you know, the different things that were going on. But for us, it was the oddest timing because we were actually in the middle of uh, trying to purchase our first home in the community. Um, career wise, we had just we continuously got raises every year. We were in a very good spot in our career. In fact, my wife had just finished up uh, one uh, her second degree and was actually due for a, you know a raise. And so, our son was had a plan. Our oldest son had a plan to go into an Ivy League school and was going to one of the best schools in Oklahoma, and it made zero sense. Um, but we did find out that it it really made faith, and so uh, in the long run. But we got on that plane. And um, let me back up. There was a point when God said, it's time to go now. I said, okay, Lord, I need some exact specifics here. Like, you know, because I stayed praying at that time in my life. And I had to because the, the different dangers of my job, I just had to stay close. And I always consistently stayed in prayer. And I knew what it was to hear from God. So I knew I wasn't mistaken. But I asked my wife, I said, can you go with into your prayer closet and can you pray and see, am I just mistaken here or is God saying it's time for us to go? And she came out the closet and she, she said, you know, the same exact thing. And she knew. And we went through a stage in a time where people were basically doubting us saying that maybe it wasn't God and maybe it was all of these other different issues. And a lot of people didn't want to lose us in that particular community we were in. And so um, we got a lot of, a lot of, we felt like, you know, a lot of people were really more or less, they were supportive, but they also didn't believe us. And so there were some people who were even anticipating, like they would talk to us as though, oh, you'll be back soon, you know? And so we, uh, I remember just saying to God one morning after announcing and telling my boss and everything um, that it was like, it looks, you know, I was telling my boss, maybe it looks like this is going to happen. Let's fast about it. Let's pray about it. And, and uh, he was like, oh, bro, I know it's going to happen already. And 
So I went back into my closet and went back into praying about it. And God gave me a specific date to be out of my job. And I look up and it was 40 days from the day that I was praying that God said, be out of the job by this day. And uh, it was August. You know, I had to be out of my job by August 1st. And um, so we, you know, I went and told my boss, okay, August 1st is the day. And so during that time frame, um, a lot of different things transpired that made me feel like I needed to stay. Um, there was a young man during that time frame um, that had been murdered. Um, who had had mental illness and he had been killed by the police. Um, and I was, there was the chaplain, one of the chaplains who responded to that scene and uh, a large group of people started to just was, it started off as a, as a legitimate protest. I was angry myself, to be honest. And everyone's yelling and throwing things. And it got to the point where the police pretty much just said, listen, if they don't back down, we have guns, we have you know, pepper spray. We have dogs. We have enough to stop them. So it was a lot of going between. And it was one of the moments in my life where I had never been spit on until that moment. I had never been called uh, Uncle Tom, Coon, and none of those things because I've always uniquely been, I've never been in a situation where someone could accuse me of, of any of those type of like names or anything. And there was a piece that I had in that particular moment because I knew what I was there for. And I remember telling everyone to push back, you know, just give me 10 feet. And then going back to the police and saying, you give me 10 feet. And eventually me and the other chaplain who, who was there, we were able to uh, get the crowd to kind of stay calm. We were able to pull in a few community leaders that people listened to that they didn't weren't listening to us. And the police were, you know, listened. And, and when I feel like that day, you know, we were able to save uh, Tulsa from going up in flames uh, the way that it could have. And so I sat on the curb and as I was sitting there just kind of exasperated and praying, uh, a photographer took a picture of it. And when I woke up the next morning, that picture kind of went around. Um, it was on the cover of the Tulsa World, but it also went around to a few other newspapers. And as the story was being told, um, I bring that up because as that story was was being told a few weeks later, as I had turned in my badge, uh, because when you're a chaplain, you have a, a badge and uh, bulletproof vest and some of the other things to keep you safe. And as I was turning in my things, some of the newspaper uh, people said, hey, let's let's do uh, we want to do an interview about you leaving. And so. I interviewed with uh, two newspapers and a, and a television station about leaving. And so I didn't understand why, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm just an ordinary, you know, regular everyday guy. Not, no celebrity hype, nothing like that. I wasn't a known, you know, I was always behind the scenes. Like you would find me in the homeless camps, you know, hanging out. And you would find me on the corner and you know, I was that kind of pastor. I wasn't the behind the pulpit and everybody knew me because of that. Like homeless people, you know, knew me, uh, people on the streets knew me, but that was my community. So it was kind of an odd space to get that kind of attention. I didn't understand why they were where, you know, people were 
wondering why I was leaving. And I remember the article, two of the articles had the headline, you know, that said uh, Chaplin leaves for the whitest city in America. And I had no clue that Portland was known as the whitest city in America. And so um, we get on that plane. We go through all the adversity and the hiccups of, of leaving and we finally get on that plane. And when we get on that plane, it's our anxiety is obviously high. And we got here and we, we chose to just kind of use it as a vacation to for the first couple of days to pretend as though everything, you know, was because was <laughs> we were just every last single one of us were just scared. And it was a mixture between frustrated, angry, scared, righteous indignation, however you want to call it. You know, we want we felt some kind of way, basically. And uh, and, and to be honest, we felt some kind of way toward God uh, a little bit. Like I was just like steadfast on like, yeah, we're going to follow God. But that didn't mean that I was just like chill about it. I felt some kind of way because as soon as, you know, like and this is just flesh talking. Right. As soon as I began to establish myself in a position to where. I felt like all of a sudden I was making some leeway in the ministry work that I was doing. It was time to go. And so I assumed, you know, from had been to Portland on business once before uh, in 2015. And I saw the amount of homelessness there. I assumed that God was bringing us here for that purpose. But there was a scripture that we were standing on uh, out of Isaiah uh, 43. Uh, 19, really the, the whole chapter, but it was just like, let me do it. He said, can't you see I'm doing a new thing? And we understood and we stood by, by that scripture and we understood why God was bringing that scripture, you know, brought that scripture to us to stand on. We knew that he was going to make water in the desert. We, you know, bring water to the desert. We knew that he was going to do something new. And so my first reaction when we got here was I went down to the missions, which the people at the rescue missions, my reputation at the time, it preceded me. And so they knew that I was coming. They had saw the newspaper articles. And so they had actually wanted to meet with me first. I just knew that that was the job that I was going to get. And the, my wife worked in the, the natural gas oil industry, and I knew that she was going to get a job doing that. And both of those things kind of stalled and, and in prayer. When you, we just didn't know what we were going to do next, God said, let me do a new thing. So I asked my wife, I said, hey, what would you do if you could do anything? And, you know, like just if there was nothing else, like if bills wasn't the issue, owning up to this degree, if what in the context God made you like, what would you do? And she said, I guess I would do hair. I love doing hair. And I remember she always liked doing hair on the weekends, like for other people. And it was just a blessing she did for the neighborhood kids or whoever needed it. So we took a space in our garage and we took half of the money we had pulled from our our 401k because that's how we was able to like we had no money when it was time to move. We weren't planning for this. God said, go be out by this date. We took money from the only resource we had, which was our retirement. And so. We took the money, you know, half of that, and we took the, our garage, our little garage here, and we opened up a, a naturally uh, a hair braiding salon because in this state, someone else has already fought. Because a lot of states, the cosmetology boards don't allow hair braiding without you having to go through full cosmetology school. 
which is a whole nother podcast, a whole nother discussion. But someone had already fought the fault in Washington and Oregon. So my wife got the Oregon license uh, since we live right there on the border. Um, and we opened up here in Washington and she started braiding hair. And we we do a program called the Naturally Beautiful Project where we do kids hair for free, all elementary age children. And um, we were able to, to do that and get that started. And, um, and a big part of that and people knowing that we were here was there was a handful of people that we met just based off of that weird article, those articles that were written, people had sent articles to people they knew in Portland and said, Hey, these people are coming. You should meet them. So all of a sudden people on Facebook and other people, when we got here, uh, knew who we were. So when we decided to start the business up, they supported us. And they told everyone that they knew, uh, people of color that they knew, hey, someone's here and and uh, they've got a business that they're trying to start. And so as my wife's business got established, um, God asked me the exact same question one day because I was still trying to knock down the door of doing homeless outreach work. And God said, now, what would you do? And I said, I want to, you know, I guess I would make films and I would just do podcasting uh, since I'd been doing it for free all those years. And right away, uh, no, I mean, months, not even months, just a few days after that confession and prayer to God, um, I was able to get George Fox University as a client or Portland Seminary, George Fox University as a client and uh, the Greater Northwest United Methodist Church as a client. I was able to get two pretty big companies as, you know, to sign them up to do podcasts for some of their people. And from there, I was invited to actually, my wife and I was invited to start a church or help revitalize a church. And we chose to revitalize uh, the process of starting something new uh, at Park Rose United Methodist Church. Uh, We're not even Methodists, but God called us to it. And so we've been doing it. So there's a lot, a whole lot of details and a few things in between that's missing, but that's the testimony in a nutshell. We just, we had no connection, no plans, no nothing. We weren't, you know, I was not a, a filmmaker slash, you know, podcast producer when we left. Uh, and she wasn't a hairdresser. And, um, and my sons, you know, they have found their own path. Uh, my youngest son is, making, uh, designing his own shoes and learning how to be an entrepreneur himself. And my oldest son is attending the University of Washington. And my youngest daughter is going to be coming up uh, from Dallas. Um, She's graduated high school and she's going to be coming up to attend the University of Washington Bothell um, when their school opens, you know, uh, back up. So uh, she's also, you know, going to be here. And so it's, it's turned out to like, you know, That's the testimony right there. Praise God. There were so many different nuggets in there. And and I love the (laughs) fact that you quoted Isaiah 43. I mean, I love Isaiah 43. If I talk, if I think about like walking through something challenging, Isaiah 43 is such a hopeful chapter in that book that just lets you know that victory is the end of everything that we walk through. And it definitely shows, you know, the Lord giving you guys victory and and even greater than what you probably 
you know, you know, thought for yourself as well, you know, moving to a new city. So thank you, Andrew, for sharing your testimony as well. I believe it's going to bless so many people that come across it. Oh, definitely. I hope so. I mean, that's, that's, we overcome, you know, by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony and to be able to share what God is doing is, is a blessing. So thank you for opening up the platform. And, um, I'm always down to fill in details and tell and talk to anyone else about what God is up to. If anyone ever is listening to this and they just need to be encouraged, find me and I'll, I have no, no, problem making time for you praise god yeah i mean you can go ahead and 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 pass along your instagram if you would like them to follow you i'm also going to tag you in the podcast once it is released uh yeah so my instagram is actually let's see it's pastor underscore drew there's a great pastor drew from the bay area who already got the name pastor drew so i had to be pastor underscore drew uh, but it's uh, Pastor D-R-U. It's underscore D-R-U. And uh, my name is spelled A-N-D-R-U-M-O-R-G-A-N. So if you look me up on Facebook or, uh, or anything, I'm not huge on social media. Uh, I do it a lot for my clients, but I'm not huge on my personal social media. So I don't post a lot. But um, you'll also sometimes run across... I used to do a scripture of the day and there was a lot of people reposting those. So sometimes you will find different pages that may have my likeness or voice on it also. Praise God. Thank you again, Andrew, for your time today. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Praise God for that testimony that Drew shared. To me, it's a demonstration of faith, you know, and I pray that you all were blessed by it as well. If you have your own testimony you want to share, then you can always reach out to me on Instagram, my testimony podcast, or visit me on my website, my testimony Until next time, I'm Takia and continue to share your testimonies. Stay blessed.